There's some days where, like, the Bible, I need to open it. And there's other days where I would rather not, but deep down in my heart, I know I need to open it. And I need to read it, and I need to feast on the Word of God. There are some days when I show up at church, and all I want to do is raise my hands and worship God. And there's other days where all I want to do is climb under the pew and take a nap. You know? But when you just say, you know what, Lord? And you praise Him anyway. God does something in those moments. Sometimes you just don't feel like following Jesus. It's not unusual. Pastor Daniel will even share today that he isn't always compelled to read the Bible or worship. But he'll also remind you that when you choose to do those things anyway, God shows up. He wants to spend time with you. And he wants to show you his glory. So don't let your lack of motivation stop you. Spend time with the Lord anyway and see what happens. Now, here's Pastor Daniel in John chapter 20 as he continues his message, The Form of Evangelism. You could always tell when someone is excited about the Lord because they're going to talk about it. And in some ways, one of the things I really want to encourage you is I want to encourage you to get excited spiritually. To be somebody who you allow the Lord to fan the flames in your heart of your relationship with him. Because what's amazing is, is you don't have to coax or make a brand newly engaged woman talk about this thing. Why? Because she's so stoked about it. She'll tell, she'll like, I remember, I remember when my sister got engaged. We were walking down the street. Everyone walked by and said, I just got engaged. She didn't even know who these people were. I got engaged. Look at that. I got this ring, you know? And I'm just like, you're embarrassing me. She's like, I don't care. I got engaged, you know? And it was like, I didn't make her do this. She, no one made, there was no hesitation. There was no coaxing. She had to talk about it. Why? Because she was excited. And that's why, for me, evangelism is a simple response. Let me ask you this. Are you excited about your relationship with God? So share that excitement. Share that. Now, I know some of you right now, you're like, I'm really not that excited about my relationship with God. Aha. Uh-huh. And listen, this is what I want to tell you. Not every single day is the most exciting day being a child of God. I mean, if we really thought about it, it is. But we have up days and down days. There's seasons. There's, it's not always a springtime in our walk with Jesus. There's sometimes where it's winter. You're like, this kind of feels a little barren. You know, like, it's cold. And I really, I really wish I was in Hawaii right now. You know, like, like, you have those things that go on. But what I would encourage you is even in those drier seasons, you just keep pressing in. Keep reading the word. Keep showing up for worship. Keep spending time in prayer. Keep showing up to serve. You know, and we talk about that a lot here, that the need for perseverance spiritually is important because not every day you feel like it. You know, I've been laughing a lot because, you know, I turned over a new leaf about five months back about really trying to take care of myself. And so, you know, I used to always be like, how was your workout? And I'd be like, I hate working out. Right? That's why every day, how was your, I hate it. It's the worst. But then I realized that I was being negative, and God's not negative. So now she says, how's your work? I'm like, it's my favorite. <laughs> now, I'll be honest, I don't really believe it. 
Like, I, I, I seriously don't believe it. But she laughs at me now. But you know what's funny, though? I don't skip workouts anymore. And, like, I'm faking it till I make it. Like, I'm being honest. But like, I don't skip them anymore. Because when you hate something, you skip it. But even just the simple thing, like, this is my favorite. It was my favorite one ever. It really wasn't, but I keep showing up to it, you know? And I think spiritually, we have to learn that art. That there are some days when, I don't know about you, there are some days where, like, the Bible, I need to open it. And there's other days where I would rather not, but deep down in my heart, I know I need to open it. And I need to read it, and I need to feast on the Word of God. There are some days when I show up at church and all I want to do is raise my hands and worship God. And there's other days where all I want to do is climb under the pew and take a nap, you know? But when you just say, you know what, Lord? And you praise him anyway. God does something in those moments. And so I want to encourage you, no matter if your walk with the Lord right now is really beautiful or if it's really perplexing, just keep going. Or as Dory would tell us, just keep swimming. Just keep swimming. So first, it's responsorial. We want to simply respond to Jesus. Second, you want to talk about how we do evangelism. I think you need to be intentional about evangelism. You need to, like, it, it, it's something that, like, literally, when I started doing this, I would write down in my, in my journal, you're going to share the gospel with at least one person today. And then I'd have to go back and write who it was, where it was. Why? Because that's how you make a habit. You know what I mean? So literally, like, I want to encourage each one of you to write down, I'm going to share the gospel with at least one person today. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to text at least one of my family members a scripture every day. Um, you know, like, because what happens is, is that oftentimes we have a tendency to back off of it when it's something that if, the, as the Father sent me, I send you, then we've been sent by Jesus with a commission to do the work, and if we're not intentionally doing the work, then we are intentionally being disobedient. So I literally want to encourage you to write it down. I'm going to share the gospel with at least one person. I'm going to make an intentional decision to let, to partner with God. Now, again, I realize that might sound a little bit challenging, but what I found is that the things that we intend to do, we have a tendency to do. Like if you intend to go and eat at a restaurant, what do you do? You drive to the restaurant, you eat the food, right? And the, but it's the intention, like, like every journey begins with an intention to go in a certain direction, right? And so if you have no intentionality to share the gospel, then if you're not sharing the gospel, you shouldn't be surprised, right? So be intentional about it. And not only should we be intentional about it, I think that our evangelism should also be missional. Now, missional is like, for some people, like that's a catchphrase. But really what it is is that as the Father sent me, I send you, that's a statement of mission. See, God doesn't just send us out to do whatever we want. There's a work that God wants to do. And we saw it from the Great Commission of Matthew chapter 28, verses 18 to 20, that our mission is to make disciples of all the nations, and we do it by going, baptizing, and teaching. Right? And so we need to be about our Father's business. And so the idea of being on mission for me, evangelism is both the message and the way that we live our lives. Oftentimes, people will talk about a quote that is often attributed to Francis of Assisi, even though it really wasn't. It was a, uh, a 16th century reformer who said, you should preach the gospel always and when necessary, use words. Now, 
If you've been in church for a while, you probably like, I don't agree with that because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God and people have all these arguments about all these things. But I think what that quote is trying to get at is saying that we live out the reality of the gospel and then there's words to explain why we do it. And I love that idea because because Jesus is real, we live differently. Like we have a different set of ideals and a different set of parameters and it causes us to be different, right? And I don't want you to be ashamed to live out loud because we're all living out loud anyway. You know, I remember when I was in, um, I was living in just outside of San Francisco and, and when it was the time for the, uh, the, the gay parade, as they would call it. And I was always really impressed with how boldly people were just like, this is who I am. And then I would go into church and I'd be like, you know, a lot of our folks in church are not really as proud to be Christians. They're not willing just to be like, this is who I am. You know, and what I want to tell you is don't be ashamed of the gospel. Don't be ashamed of who you are in Christ. Like you realize that no matter what you are, not everyone's going to like what you are. It doesn't matter what you are. Like I remember, I always joke that growing up, my family did not like it that I was a professional musician. And then God called me to do something that my parents liked even less, which was become a pastor. Like, it was like, I, had, I chose the worst career being a musician. And when I became a pastor, they thought I was in a cult. You know what I mean? Because it was just like, well, you're a pastor. I'm like, well, you hate it when I was a musician. I hate that I'm a pastor. It's like, you know, what is, you're going to have detractors no matter who you are, right? No matter who you vote for, you're going to have detractors. No matter who your favorite sports team is, you're going to have detractors. If you don't like sports, you're going to have detractors. You get a haircut. Some people are going to like it. Some people are not. Your fashion choices, some people prefer it and some people don't. So either way, you're going to have plus and minuses in it. So don't be ashamed of the fact that you've been redeemed by Jesus and that God loves you and that you are growing in that love. And live that out loud. Because you know what happens oftentimes with evangelism? When somebody is excited about God, they live differently. And as they live differently, that actually creates the context for evangelism. I just had that just this week because I got a chance to see a friend of mine who I haven't seen in a long time. To make a long story short, I was playing music professionally and God was doing a work in my life. And I ended up moving to the San Francisco Bay Area and I ended up moving in this house. I needed a room. It was kind of like a, a last minute thing. And I moved on in and uh, there was these two girls and there was another guy. And so there was four bedrooms in this place. I wouldn't recommend doing that, you know, in that way. But, but it was like we had four of these rooms. And it was funny. So one of these girls, when I got there, you know, I was the only Christian. But God was doing a work in my life. And, and this gal, Katie, gave her life to Jesus four months into this thing. Now she's been a missionary in Iraq. She's married with four kids, you know. One of the other, the other girl got saved about three months later. She's now my sister-in-law. Imagine that. She married my wife's brother, you know. And then the other guy, he has, has he, I don't know that he's given his life to Jesus yet. But I wasn't like, I was just excited about the Lord and it opened up all these conversations. And I was kind of like a freak about it. Like I was really weird about it. And she shared me, she said, do you remember when you said this? I'm like, I can't believe I said that, you know. And I'm like, well, it shows that God can use anything, you know. But really, what I use that as an example because when you follow, when you're excited about the Lord, you're going to live differently and it's going to open up a conversation. Like, I hope people say to you, so like, there's something different about you lately. What's up with you? Like, that's a good thing to hear. That means you're growing. Because when you walk with Jesus, God tr starts to transform your life. Now, I don't want to encourage you to be ostentatious so that people say that. 
But our lifestyle should declare the message, and then we can back it up with the words why. We do a lot of that as a church. We serve in a lot of areas in our community. We don't always do it like, you know, we don't like bring a big cross in, like, yeah, you know, like, we do it, and then people are like, so why do you do that? I'm like, well, let me tell you why. Because Jesus is real. This is what he's done. This is what he told us. You know, and so when you live out the reality of the gospel, it will open up a ton of doors. I want to encourage you not to be ashamed to live your faith out loud. And when people ask for a reason why, you say, listen, I'm, you know, I'm walking with Jesus. God, you know, Jesus is changing my life. Now, another kind of form of evangelism, I would call this theological now, theological, that's a big word. I mean, theos in the Greek is the word for God. So evangelism is telling someone the simple story of Jesus. And you don't ever want to miss that. Like, the good news is that Jesus is real, is that Jesus came, he lived a perfect life, he died on a cross for our sins, he rose again, and he ascended into heaven, and he's coming back. It's that simple. You could teach it, like... It's that simple. And so don't be afraid. The content of evangelism is the person and work of Jesus. And so people, you can't do evangelism without talking about Jesus. Now, here's the thing. Here's the rub. In our culture, people say, well, who are you to talk to me about your religion? You realize that that is a religious position as well. See, our culture's irreligion is just as religious as a Christian's talk about Jesus. The only thing is they just don't want competition for the religious priority. So every time someone says to me, well, why are you telling me your religious beliefs? And I'm like, well, you just told me yours. No, I didn't. Yeah, you just tell me why am I telling you my You just told me yours. See, everybody lives their beliefs out loud. Everybody does. And so don't be afraid to tell people the simple story of Jesus. And I've used this example many times. I just love it so much. I read it many years ago. There was an NYU professor who would go through Central Park often, and there was a young girl who was working at the time for the Salvation Army, you know, and when the Salvation Army was primarily focused on doing evangelism, you know, and this guy would come, oh, yeah, you work for the Salvation Army. You're one of those Christians. And she was a young girl. She's in her, in her late teens. And he would say, I can't believe you believe in Jesus. Da, da, da. And he would he'd go through all these complex arguments that a, a liberal arts professor would have about Jesus. And she would say, sir, I don't know anything about all that stuff. But what I do know is that Jesus died on the cross for my sins. And he, he got left. He was all mad at her, a simpleton, you know. Sure enough, the next day, She's there, he's there. He's like, oh, you again, ah, oh, you know. And lays in this girl, and she's like, sir, I don't really know anything about all that. But what I do know is that Jesus died on the cross for my sins. And as the story goes, on the third day, he comes back, he says, can you tell me about that Jesus died on the cross for your sins? And I think oftentimes we overcomplicate the stuff because we allow everybody's issues to be the discussion and sometimes the best thing to say is, you know, I don't really know about all that stuff. But what I do know is that I'm a sinner and Jesus died on the cross for my sins. And you realize that's some pretty deep theology if you think about it. And so a lot of times in our discussions, don't be afraid to be theological. Don't be afraid to talk about Jesus. 
Because listen, Jesus is still the person of the millennium. And, you know, it's like he's still the most well-known person who ever lived. And so you can talk about Jesus. We talk to people all the time because we do a lot of work amongst Muslims. And people are like, oh, that must be really hard talking about Jesus with Muslims. No, it's actually super easy. Muslims are overtly religious people. And Jesus was one of their prophets. They loved talking about it. Like we just had, we had some, some folks who were working on a refugee project. There were some Muslims who were here at Crossroads. And they were talking to one of the, folk, one of the girls on our staff. And they're like, so tell me about Jesus. She's like, well, let me tell you about Jesus. You know, it's, so we have this tendency to build this thing up, but people talk about Jesus all the time. My favorite thing, oh, my favorite thing is when someone uses Jesus' name as an expletive. That's my favorite. Something I'm like, oh, you know, JC, and I'll be like, you're calling on the right brother. So I say, because you know what it is? Like, what, what, what could you do? You, you know, you could be like, well, you shouldn't use my Lord's name in vain. That's not so kind. I mean, you can take it that way, you know, or you can say, you're calling on the right guy. He hears you when you call. He knows your name. He's got all those hairs on your head now. Like, you can have fun with it, but, like, don't be scared. Because, you know, when someone, like, I always joke, I do not recommend using the Lord's name as an expletive. But they are calling on the right person. They're they're frustrated. They need help. Jesus is the guy. You know what I mean? So I don't think we should be afraid of that kind of stuff. But I think what happens is, is we get this stuff all worked up. It's like, it's really real. People talk about Jesus all the time. You know, or I have fun with some friends. They're like, oh, Jesus. I'm like, you give him glory. You know, like, and so you can have fun with it, but those are theological statements. Or you could say, so why would you bring up Jesus in this context? You know, like there's all, there's all these ways to do it, but don't be afraid. Like the content of the message is Jesus. And so talk about Jesus and you don't have to know every detail about it. Now, and I do want to say this because all, all the time people struggle with evangelism because like, I don't know enough. Listen, the best thing that can happen when you're talking about Jesus is somebody asks you a question that you don't know. Do you know why that's the best thing that can happen? Because first, it gives you an opportunity to talk to him about it again. Because you know what you say in that moment? That's a great question. And I don't, I don't think I've ever thought about it that way. I don't know the answer. So I want to honor your question. So can we pause the discussion here and let me think about it a little bit and let's get coffee next week and we'll talk about it like you just opened up round two and and then you can go learn some stuff right that you didn't know before and then you go back oh chris i really thought about what you're saying i did some research and this is what i found out and you're growing they're growing you opened up a second conversation i mean it's a win-win all around and i'll be honest with you as your brother in Christ, as, as one of your pastors, I've learned so much about the Lord by getting stumped on questions. Don't be afraid of the things you don't know because those open up doors for growth. And isn't that what God is doing in all of us? So don't be afraid of not having the answers. My, one of my favorite things to say is, I don't know. You guys have heard me say it a lot. I don't know the answer to this. You know? And I, that, that's not something to be scared of. Because the beauty is nobody knows every answer to everything. I mean, Einstein was one of the most brilliant physicists who ever lived. He didn't understand everything about everything. So there's mystery involved in all of this. So that's okay. Don't be scared of it. So I do want to encourage you to be theological in your evangelism. Talk about God. Talk about Jesus. Talk about what the Bible says. 
You know, oftentimes when I'm listening to a preacher, I'm, I'm writing down things. When I'm reading my Bible, I'm writing down things. Like, I need to remember that. Oh, that's really good. I want to be able to, to use that. I want to have that in my toolbox to be able to pull out when I need. So another way that we can do evangelism is we need to be incarnational. Now, incarnational, again, that's a, that's a big theological word. It's, it's very appropriate for Christmas time. The idea of incarnation means the, the enfleshment of Jesus. So, so the birth of Jesus, God taking on flesh, is called the incarnation. As it says in John's Gospel, chapter 1, the word became flesh and dwelt among us. So Eugene Peterson, in his paraphrase of the Bible, the message says, and God moved into the neighborhood. It's kind of evocative language that he uses there. Right, And when you're sharing the gospel, you need to be incarnational. You need to move into the neighborhood. And what that means is that if you are talking to somebody who is very, very intelligent, then you might want to talk about it one way. If you're talking to a child, you talk about it a different way. We want to use words and language that people can understand. So in some ways, you want to be able to speak. Like, have ever yet, some of you had this. You ever meet someone who's really good with like technical information about electronics? Do you ever meet one of those people? It's like, is that a good computer? And they're like, oh, man, that thing is amazing. It's a dual-core processor. It's 1.97 gigahertz with, you know, one terabyte of RAM. You're like, well, can it do email? <laughs> right? It's like, so the, the person who's geeking out on the facts, if you have no clue about that, that does not connect to them. You know, but if you realize that you're talking to someone who doesn't get all that stuff, you're like, oh, you want to, you want to do email and, and surf the internet? Like, yeah. Maybe word processing, this thing will be great. You know what I mean? And so you need to know who you're talking to. And doing evangelism in an incarnational way, what you're saying is that you're willing to begin the discussion right where somebody else is at. Now, if you want to, for those of you who like kind of big words and, 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 uh, and scholarly stuff, I like to call this presuppositional evangelism. And the idea is it's a big word, Right? Uh, the presupposition is I'm going to begin the discussion where you are, not where I am. Like, I realize I'm a pastor of a church. I've been walking with Jesus for 20 years. I've been in the pastoral ministry for 17 years. And so my starting vantage point for evangelism is in a much different spot that someone who's never been to church, does not believe in Jesus, doesn't even think that they want to know anything about Jesus. And so I can't be like, well, so listen, you know, if you want to talk about ancient papyri, we can talk about this. You know, like, they'd be like, yeah, I don't care about any of that. You know, and so you want to begin the discussion where they are, right? It's like with my kids. The way I reason with Obadiah, who's 11, is much different than the way that I reason with Annabelle, who's three, right? If I want to be a good parent, if I want my kids to get what I'm saying, I begin on the step that they're on, not with the step that I'm on. Jesus is. Sharing the gospel message can cause some stress. Pastor Daniel talked about that today. You want to say everything perfectly. You want to know everything before you start. But as Pastor Daniel shared, it doesn't have to be that hard. Talking about Jesus should be easy. Just tell people what he's done for you. It's okay if you don't have all the answers. Just tell your story and talk about Jesus. Hey everybody, this is Pastor Daniel, and I want to be honest with you for a moment. Life is messy. And the hard reality is, if it isn't messy for you now, it will be, and it probably has been in the past. Did you know that you can still thrive in tough times? It's true, you can, but only through the power of Jesus. 
That's the purpose behind my book, Honestly. I want you to know how to keep living your best life in Jesus, no matter the circumstances of your life. You can find out more about it and get your own copy at JesusIsRealRadio.com. Place a marker in your Bibles and join us next time as Pastor Daniel reminds you to keep your evangelism message simple. You don't have to use great, reverent words that only members of the church would understand. In fact, Pastor Daniel will share how that may alienate you from those you're trying to reach. Instead, meet people at their level and be real with them. After all, Jesus came to you. He didn't expect you to come to him. Well, that's all the time we have for today's broadcast. On behalf of Pastor Daniel and the entire production team, we invite you to join us again for the next edition of Jesus Is Real Radio.